Time to wake Time up. To wake up. <laughs> <laughs> no longer can we rely on those same people in the media and politics who will say anything to keep our rigged system in place. Instead, we must choose to believe in America. History is watching us now. We don't have much time, but history is watching. It's waiting to see if we will rise to the occasion and if we will show the whole world that America is still free and independent and strong. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another, but we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. For too long, a small group in our nation's capital has reaped the rewards of government, while the people have borne the cost. You are tuned in to His Hard Line. Welcome to the number one show many have yet to discover. Our priorities of discussion are quite simple. We put God first. We talk about good health and how to fortify our families, followed by how we restore the republic so we can have a strong nation once again. So patriots, patriots, assemble. assemble. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, good afternoon, and good morning again here for the second show here at His Hard Line, episode 514. I am Jason, your co-host with God and Jesus Christ at my side because they are the host with the most. They're the ones in charge. This is their podcast, not mine. I'm just the employee. And they are in the captain's chair. They're behind the wheel of this great big ship. And they're steering it through these crazy waters that we call life. So welcome to His Hard Line again, episode 514. And it is titled 1861 Senate's Final Ado. And we're going to get into that on the tail end of this show. But uh, for starters, let's get to the date. It is Tuesday, April 18th, 2023. It's Tuesday, April 18th, 2023. And first things first, I always like to start the show off with my daily disclaimer. Remember, as I always state periodically on this podcast, I am not a doctor. I don't wear a white coat. Don't take your health advice from me. I'm not a financial advisor. You'll go broke. I'm not a pastor, priest, deacon, or biblical scholar, or a bar lawyer. I don't practice law, folks, so I don't give out legal advice. I'm also not the official face or voice of the national, state, or county assemblies. And additionally, I do not advocate for violence. Only peaceful processes over here. Now... If you break into my home, well, that's going to be a different story. But for the podcast purposes, I am my own man, and the opinions, thoughts, and statements are of my own unless I reference other material. So there you go. That is my disclaimer for you all today. I hope everybody's having a good day so far. So for starters, I just want to read a little email from Bix Weir, who is somebody that follows Silver very closely. You know, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on with Silver. It keeps going up, up, and up, which is good. I'm just waiting for it to finally just, you know, 
break loose and and where it basically becomes unobtainium. Well, what's unobtainium, Jason? Well, it's uh, what unobtainium is, is basically where you can't even get your hands on it. You can't obtain it. Therefore, it would be unobtainium. Bix Weir, here's his latest email that he sent out and his subject line. It says, silver premiums explode. Eagles approach the all-time high for silver, $50 an ounce. Silver Eagles are leading the way back to the all-time highs of the silver pricing back in the 1980s and then again in 2011. Let me just adjust something on my phone here. There we go. All other forms of physical silver are seeing premiums explode higher as the world runs out of physical silver. Very soon we will hit unobtainium which is what silver will be called when nobody is willing to part with their silver at any price, at any price. Destry was just saying right here, silver will soon explode. Actually, it will, actually, it really doesn't change. Debt notes worth much less. But the thing is, silver is what is going to keep our money sound. In fact, if I recall correctly, because again, people are thinking in terms of what it's going to be worth in these worthless federal, you know, debt notes, right? It's really not going to be really based off that. What, so if I understand this correctly, and, and, and I'm going based on memory, based on a conversation I had, um, if I recall correctly, where we will be going back to, okay, so like, if you go back to like the early 1900s before the federal reserve came about and you know, all that fun stuff in 1913, right. Before things started getting fraudulent, a dollar actually was worth a dollar, not like eight cents. Like it is today. We're going to go back to a time like, like Destry was saying a silver dime back in 1910 would purchase a gallon of gas and still would actually purchase a gallon of gas today. So we're going to go back to a point where things are going to go back to a a, a not so inflated price. Like we're going to get back to proper weights and measures. Now where silver comes in and all this, it's not going to be, you know, one of those things where it's like, Oh my gosh, it's worth a hundred thousand dollars an ounce. Now, if you have an ounce, it could buy you a lot. Okay, if prices revert back to where they need to be, okay, without the hundred plus, you know, 120 years of manipulation. Like, for example, and I'm just using this as a for instance, it's not based on real life scenario, but this is what it actually could go back to if I'm understanding this properly. A silver ounce, for example, could maybe, for all we know, um, it could purchase a month's worth of groceries or a week's worth of groceries, one silver ounce, right? Um, you could take probably, you know, I don't know. I mean, it, it just depends. I mean, there's so much that the possibilities could be. I mean, we, we just don't know, but at the end of the day, you don't want to waste your time on buying silver. Even, even Citigroup, some of the mainstreams out there on, on TV are talking about how investors are starting to get into silver. And it keeps going up, ladies and gentlemen, 
Why does it keep going up? Well, because the dollar is going down and it's going to crash. And the same thing with cryptocurrency. If you're in cryptocurrency, I feel sorry for you. Everyone kept talking about FTX and, and Bitcoin and, and, and Ethereum and, and Dogecoin or whatever the hell it is. You know how they're going to get all rich on this, right? Litecoin. I mean, there's so many of them. Look, I'm not saying I'm not an advocate. First off, let me just be clear in my stance. I'm not an advocate for cryptocurrency. Do I believe it has a place in the future? Yes. Do I have a, do I believe it's an investment vehicle? No. Do I believe it has a, a purpose for uh, easier transactions worldwide to do quick, you know, financial transactions? Uh, yes. And yes, will it shift in value up or down? Sure. But is it something you're going to want to base your retirement on or, you know, or whatever? No. Uh, that's my belief. Again, remember, not a financial advisor. This is just Jason Jones's opinions. So I thought that was very worthy to read from Bix Weir. Now, on to that, let me uh, just get out of this email for a second here for a minute. Now, kind of speaking on that a little bit. So Destry sent me this. I love this. It says, why inflation doesn't hurt rednecks? Let's give uh, Buddy Brown a listen to you because this is good. This is really good. Rednecks ain't scared of recession or inflation. The beta male Starbucks drinkers are shaking in their boots. Folks I know ain't too scared. Bubba's not waking up in the morning wondering, are Biden's policies going to affect my deer season or the bass Biden? Turns out a bass hits a worm during the recession just as hard as it does during an economic boom. <laughs> so our freezers are going to be full. Rednecks ain't worried because we have hoarding tendencies. We reuse and repurpose everything. Plus, we've been ready for the apocalypse since January 20th, 2009. Truth is, you can drop 10,000 nuclear bombs on us right now. And the last thing on planet Earth is going to be McDonald's, fire ants, and rednecks. <laughs> you step on our hose, we'll just reroute it. You cut our supply, we're going to make our own. You come at us, you better bring something stronger than 87,000 IRS agents armed with vegan sandwiches and a squirt gun. <laughs> we got Jimmy Earl and Cousin Ray Ray who know how to keep the redneck underground going 365 days a year. And we ain't scared. Oh my gosh, that's great. We got Red we got Jimmy Earl and we got Ray Ray. <laughs> that is freaking great. We got Jimmy Earl and we got Ray Ray. And they're gonna take on the 87,000 IRS agents with their little vegan sandwiches and their little water squirt guns. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I absolutely love that. I absolutely love that video. A big shout out to Destry for sending that to me. I do appreciate that. That was good. That made me laugh, especially when he got to the end of that video when he started naming off his little, you know, his redneck uh, family members. You know, you got you got Jimmy Earl and you got Ray Ray, and then Nancy S says you got Bubba. <laughs> Goodness gracious. I love it. So a couple other things here. Um, so I guess apparently Southwest Airlines does it again. Oops, they did it again. Uh, well, you know, they had the ground a ton of airlines. Um, I don't know what's going on there, um, but apparently they were dealing with some sort of internal issue. I don't know. I'm not really interested enough to go to Newsmax and read the full article, but just know that, um, yeah, you know, there's something going on with Southwest Airlines. I don't know what's going on, but they seem like they can't get the crap together. I don't know what it is. Maybe too many of their pilot, you know, pilots got the, got the jab. I don't know. Just saying. Just saying. Here's something else. Now, if you're looking for a place to take your kids on vacation, now, I hope this listening audience would never consider this. But for those of you out there that might be new to the His Hardline podcast, 
we are definitely, how should we say it? We're not politically correct over here. Okay. We're also not bigots, but we're also not going to go against God's word and purposely support abominations. Okay. Look, we will fight for the rights of anybody. Doesn't matter who you are and what you believe in. Um, but doesn't mean that we support them. Okay. We will fight for your right, but we do not support it. Okay. Cause at the end of the day, we follow God and what he says in his Holy Bible. Okay. Now, all that said, if you're thinking about taking your children to Disneyland, you might want to think again, or Disney World, because now they're starting a thing called Pride Night. Yes, Pride Night. Yes, that's what they're going to do. As if pushing this woke transgender, you could be a furry or Jimmy, Jimmy can be a Susie and a Susie could be a Jimmy at school. Like they're not pushing this enough in public indoctrination camps. Now they're putting it on. They're putting it right there in Disney movies. And now they're doing it at the amusement park or having pride month. Yeehaw. Oh yeah. You know, that's a good, that's a good observation, Rietta. That's right. They have the whole month of June as pride month. And now they want to start doing that's exact. You know, that's a very good observation. And now they want to push this crap on our kids. You know, my wife was actually out. Um, she took our daughter to do, um, it was like kind of a, what do you want to call it? It was jujitsu, jujitsu. Um, it was like a free day for homeschoolers. They were kind of doing like a market trial run to see what kind of response they would get from homeschoolers to, you know, or uh, yeah, to do jujitsu. Um, and a couple uh, storefronts down from the studio is Carter's. We were all familiar with Carter's. Well, my wife was going in there and she was shopping around, not shopping around, but looking around at clothes. Right. And, you know, we went out to eat and we were having our conversation. She goes, we are never shopping at Carter's again. I'm like, oh, boy, I'm like, would you find out? She goes, they are starting to put stuff on kids clothes. She goes, now, OK, there's shirts out there. OK, you got gay dads if they adopt. OK, because there's a shirt that says I love my daddies, plural. Right. OK, whatever. But she says some of the stuff that you're seeing on a lot of these shirts, even as low as 18 month old wardrobes, the stuff they're putting on these clothing pieces for babies is like supporting the LGBTQ LMNOP plus 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 agenda and almost damn near borderline transgender stuff. I mean, this is nonsense. You know, I hope here's the thing. I hope every big major corporation takes a good hard look at bud light budweiser all right i'm not going to say anheuser bush because i guess if if this if this is true anheuser bush did not know bud light budweiser was doing what they were doing cuz you know they all have sub you know companies but all that aside, it doesn't matter because anheuser bush is still the parent company there should have been some sort of closer oversight but I really hope, I really hope all these big corporations are paying very close attention to Budweiser Bud Light because, you know, they're facing, and my buddy across the street, he used to work for Bud Light. He pays very close attention to the news on what's going on over there. He said that they are now $10 billion in the hole in lost revenue because of this. $10 billion to which I say, good sucks to be you 
should have made better choices. Now, I was listening to an interview with uh, John. Uh, was it? Yeah, John Rich. He's the owner, you know, with you know Big and Rich. He's the owner of Redneck Riviera, which is a bar down in Nashville. He was asking his management staff to pay close attention to uh, what's going on, you know, with the sales of Bud Light ever since this, you know, Dylan, whatever it started, you know, promoting Bud Light and Budweiser or whatever. Right. He said that nobody, almost virtually nobody was buying the brand. So not only did he take the beer off tap, but the 180 cases that he still had of bottles. He called the distributor, said, you need to come here and pick up your beer. Nobody's buying it, and I'm not letting it go to waste, so come and get your beer. Yeah. So I hope all these big major corporations take a good, long, hard look at what's going on with Budweiser, Bud Light, and pay attention. Because you know what? You could screw with the vote all day long with Dominion. You can screw with the agenda you're pushing in our public schools. But let me tell you something, the American people, we, the people are getting pissed off. We're rising up and all we have to do is just shut our wallets and shut our purses down. That's it. We could take your asses down by stopping the purchase. That's all we have to do. Yeah, but Jason, what about the schools? You still pay taxes. Guess what? The more people that take kids out of public schools, the less funding they get. Yeah, sure, you may have to pay taxes, but that doesn't mean all those taxes go directly to that school. It gets probably distributed somewhere else. But yeah, funding will go down. Homeschool folks. I know it's hard. But you know what? Change is never easy. And in, as we go in the future, I'd like to have my wife on here talk about the challenges and rewards of homeschooling, what it's like to be a stay-at-home mom, especially for wives that are out there, you know, women that are out there that are career moms and thinking about making the switch to be a stay-at-home mom because they're just fed up with the system, but they don't know anybody in suburban America because everybody around them might be working moms too, you know, so maybe we can have her on the show to kind of discuss all the ins and outs and the tab- you know the taboos and the rewards of homeschooling and 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 go you know go over all the great benefits that comes with it i think that'd be a great you know few episodes down the road but all we have to do is stop buying these products stop buying it in fact, when we were out to eat, a, a buddy of mine who's uh, a friend of mine who lives in my neighborhood, him and a coworker walked in and they sat by us because we sat up by the, you know, the bar there at Red Robin. And I heard both of them order a Bud Light and I'm looking at him like, really? I'm like, you guys going to turn into some trans? <laughs> I, mean, I don't care. I really don't care. You know, I don't care if people heard it and got offended. I don't care. I'm the guy that doesn't give a crap. In fact, Sometimes I give my wife many heart attacks. I, I, I sh- <laughs> sometimes she rolls her eyes at me. But anyways, but yeah, you know, I just these these companies need to learn is my, my point. They need to learn. Um. So yeah, there's that. So again, if you're thinking about going to Disney, think again, because they're doing Pride Month. You'd think that they would learn because I thought they lost a ton of revenue when they tried doing this nonsense before. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Um, let's see here. So so Greg, actually, he beat me to the punch because I actually have this in my show notes. So pivoting a little bit, 
David Crooked is heading to my neck of the woods here in uh, Muskegon, Michigan on April 28th, 29th, and the 30th. Oh, man, my county is going to have a crooked SOB in my county. Let's see, April 28th, 29th, and 30th. Hmm. He should stick around and come to an education meeting here in Muskegon. That's what he should do. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. That's what he should do. Uh, meanwhile, his wife, Bonnie, is still in jail. Um, I guess, what's today, Tuesday? So I guess either today or tomorrow, she's got some sort of hearing. I, I don't know the full scope. I don't follow her. Don't care to. Um, you know, she's just uh, just as big of a crook as, you know, David Crooked. Don't really give a crap. But, yeah, he's going to be here in Muskegon, so yeehaw. It's going to be great. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what to make of all that. You know what? All I can say is beware of these snakes. They will take you for everything you got, and you will they will try to drag, you know, they will do their best to drag you to hell with them. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. Just be on your, be on your best. Uh, just be aware of what these people do. They're, they're bad people. Okay. So, uh, I appreciate that Greg for actually bringing that up. I did actually have this right here in my show notes. Um, now here's something I wanted to play real quick. Now this is interesting. So listen to this. So this is John Perez. He's another guy who follows silver very well. Uh, very, very, very closely. He's got the Silver's Money Telegram channel. Listen to what he has to say real quick, and then we're going to play this next video. Laura Steele writes this at 1039. Wow, JP, definitely something to pray about. In a way, it makes a lot of sense. Yes, everybody, I think everybody should be subscribed to Israeli News Live on YouTube. That is really an intense video. And and listen to it objectively. I'm not asking you to believe anything. Just look, just, just take notes. Because this stuff here, this is hardcore, people. Demonic entities gaining access to our world. This has got to be one of the most interesting videos I've heard from this guy ever. And here's the video. After that, then what happens is... FYI, this is a priest, okay? This is a, a Catholic priest, mind you. That's why JP says, listen to it objectively, because he's one of the very few... I don't even know his name. I should catch it. But he's one of the very few that actually says things that he says. I mean, hard, like, indisputable, indisputable, can't believe it kind of truth. Listen. Is the culture, the next three demons show up. The first is Asmodeus. He's the demon of homosexuality in men. Then there's the demon of Leviathan, which is the demon of homosexuality in men, but of the masculine kind. These are the women who are heavy on the heels, we would say. Okay. Then there is the spirit of Lilith, which is the more seductive form of female homosexuality. After those, after those have gained ascendancy in a culture, which by the way, if you look at the cultures, every single culture is pushed in this direction. Okay. So, uh, historically, not just ours, but historically, this is always the... Did you hear that? He says every single culture in history has been pushed in this direction. The very crap that we were talking about, this whole transgender and LGBT, you know, push on children and all this pedophile trying to make pedophilia a normalized thing. This is what he's saying is, th see, these are demons we're working with here. And every culture, not just ours, has seen this push. Let's continue with this on. About 45 seconds left. The progression... Once you have fornication, you end up with contraception, and then the upshot of that is 
homosexuality, and then abortion. Balfamet is the fifth one, and he's the demon of child sacrifice. Abortion. In our culture, think of this. They shot down the fornication laws, and so they delivered us into the hands of Baal. They sh then they had Roe versus Wade and delivered us into the hands of Balfamet. And then they allowed gay marriage, and so now our country politically is in the hold of the top five demons in hell other than Satan. They delivered us into their hands. Yeah, After they delivered us into their hands. Isn't it something else or what? And, you know, with the Euphrates River that's now dried up, in which, if I recall correctly, the Bible said that when that dries up, the demons will get turned loose on the earth. I mean, there's been TikTok videos left, right, and sideways that shows the Euphrates River. People walk across that thing. It's bone dry. And what we're dealing with, not just on the D.C. level, but worldwide with these sick freaks are demons. And I wish I was wish I was saying this flippantly or kidding, but you know, honestly, with the spiritual war, this is exactly what we're dealing with. We are dealing with a different realm than more than most people can even fathom. When you talk about this with everyday, you know, Joe Blow six pack or you know, whoever, they would look at you like you are a crazy man. You know, just the other day. And I'm, I, you know, even if he did listen, I don't, he doesn't even know I have a podcast. I don't even think, but whatever. But my boss the other day, when, when I clocked out, I forgot how we got on the subject. We got on the subject about, oh, I forgot what it was. I think it was jabs. And we started talking about a little bit about what happened, you know, during the COVID. Oh, that's what it was. We were talking about Menards, which is kind of like a Lowe's or a Home Depot. If you're not familiar with uh, Menards, Menards is a Midwest thing. I think they got one in Alaska, but we were talking about Menards. And some of the stuff that we can get there. And I, I made the comment about how I could not stand them during the COVID, you know, scandemic because they had their little rent-a-cop, you know, Nazi guards there. And I had a confrontation with one of them. I think there was one specific day where my wife had a, you know, she was feeling froggy and just did not want to wear her mask. And, you know, everybody's giving her dirty looks. She just didn't care, you know. But, you know, there was a few times where we went and contended with these freaking little Nazis at Menards. And then uh, that conversation with my boss went from, you know, well, why do you think they did that, Jason? And blah, blah, blah. So we went from talking about mask and jabs. And, you know, I found out that he ended up getting the jab. And I'm like, okay, well, good for you. I was prepared to walk away from my job altogether if they were going to force it, just FYI. That's where I stand. And then the conversation kind of went into kind of like geopolitics a little bit and what we're seeing in this, you know, country. And then it kind of, I started kind of started to slowly red pill him about what kind of what we're seeing here. And then we got into the whole talk of like conspiracies, right? Now he's talking about things as conspiracy theories. I said, what are you talking about conspiracy theories? And, you know, because I was telling him, I said, you know, we should have always been self-governed. He goes, well, yeah, but America's just too lazy for that. I'm like, okay, I will give you that. Most Americans, by and large, are too lazy to do anything. They, they'd rather sit there and, and being a state, be in a state of suffrage rather than right the suffering. I said, that's how we got in the problems to begin with. I said, but how can you sit there and say that everything that somebody with an open mind is thinking about and going down different rabbit holes? Because that's what we were talking about. Ultimately, it's like different rabbit holes and kind of like one conversation went, led to another. And he was like, well, you know, he goes, everything, you know, people that are conspiracy theories are just flat out nutjobs. Look at Alex Jones. I said, OK, first off, I will give you that. 
Alex Jones is a flat out weirdo whack job. I said, but the thing is, and I, and I was schooling him on like where cons- the term conspiracy theory came from and this and that. But I was like, look at chemtrails, for example. I said, do you believe chemtrails is a, is, is a, is a conspiracy theory? He goes, yeah, absolutely. I said, okay. I said, but here it is in congressional record. They actually have it in congressional record, albeit de facto that they do geoengineering by seed, you know, cloud seeding and, and geoengineering and spraying chemicals in the sky. So are you telling me it's still a conspiracy theory when, con- you know, when it's on congressional record that they actually spray chemicals in the sky? He goes, yeah, but cloud seeding is not a new thing. I said, you're absolutely right. But didn't you just tell me that they don't spray chemicals in the sky? You just said just like a minute ago that chemtrails are not a thing, right? That's what you just admitted. Well, yeah, but cloud seeding is completely different. Like, no, 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 no. Hold on a second. It doesn't matter. You're still spraying a chemical in the atmosphere. That's a chemtrail. It doesn't matter what the chemical is. That's a chemtrail by definition. And now, so now you're, you're, you're basically, you're, 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 you're re-walking back your comment saying that, 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 that cloud seeding isn't, isn't a new thing. You're right. It's probably been around, I think, since like the 40s or 50s, if I recall correctly. I said, but nonetheless, no matter how long it's been around, what I'm saying is just a simple one little piece of conspiracy theory, you know, that you claim that people are nut jobs on. I said, here's the thing, you know, the 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 CIA coined that term for people that were big researchers, okay? Because if someone got too close to the truth and they were, you know, they had the capability or the capacity to get it out there in the public purview, they needed some way to diminish and invalidate these people. I said every single day in modern day right now, conspiracy theories of the past 20, 30, 40 years are starting to become conspiracy truths. I said, so you can't sit there and say all conspiracies are, now look, there are, there some conspiracy theories out there that are, that are whack and bunk. Yeah. But anyway, so I started getting into this whole conversation. Then it got led down to a conversation and I'm getting to a point here. Then I get, got down to the conversation of, you know, then he asked me, he was like, well, do you think Dominion truly stole the vote from Trump? I said, listen, dude, I said, not only did it stole it, steal the Trump, the vote from Trump. I said, but the, 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 the voting has been rigged ever since there was a machine. I said, truth be told, this country is ran by bankers and bar lawyers and elitists of big corporations. I said, these people that claim to be our public servants, they're not our public servants. They don't freaking work for you and me. They work for the big banking Qatar, you know, cabal. They work for the bar lawyers. They work for the people that actually have the money. They don't give a shit about you or I. And so anyways, we got into that conversation, but I guess my whole point to all this is, you know, no matter how much I try to reason, and we had a nice conversation, but the thing was, is that he, he had a hard time getting out of his own paradigm in his mind. He's going to have a very harsh reality check when things start hitting the, hitting, hitting the fan if you will. He's one of those, I mean, he believes in, you know, big corporate, you know, America and, you know, the company we work for. And he just, you know, he's just, he's, he's bought into the corporate system, hook, line and sinker. All right. And so it's just, there's many people that are out there like this. Now, 
I'm trying to look here. I'm just kind of so 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 I get I say all that to say this now. Back to DC, okay? Because this is what I was telling him. I said, you know, DC does not work for you and I. And he's like, well, of course they do. I said, no, they don't. And I tried to explain a little bit about the assembly to him, and it just went way over his head naturally, of course, you know. Um, but here's the thing. I want to play this piece real quick, okay? Back to DC. Because soon enough, this, this, this whole thing, what we're seeing, the, the, the truthful nature of everything we're seeing, you people here, I'm talking to everybody who's here, you all know what the truth is, okay? You know what's going on. You understand that we've been lied to. But when this stuff starts coming out mainstream, holy crap. So SGT report, I don't really listen to SGT very often, but I saw Kirk Pendergrass with Kirk's Law Corner. He posted this. So I listened to it today. Wow, what a show. I'm just going to play a little snippet real quick of this. But listen to this. Basically what he's talking about, because he had Tom, uh, attorney Todd Callender on there. Now he's an attorney from Colorado. Now I've tried researching Todd Callender. I have not been able to find out if he is a bar card holding attorney or not. I have not been able to find anything. Doesn't mean it doesn't exist if he is, but I have not been able to find anything because it is possible to be an attorney and a lawyer without being a member of the bar. Just FYI. So listen to what Todd Callender says on the SGT report real quick here. I, I would like to say this is unbelievable, but it's not. All right. We know there was a coup. We know we have a banana republic government. We know we have a puppet president and a nearly brain dead vice president who is not a serious person in any way, shape or form. And here we sit now wondering if they've all see. Here's the thing, because it would be an anomaly if it was one. It would be a That's pattern right. if there were several. But all of them that none of these people have taken a properly executed oath of office. And that just, it proves. Let's look at it this way. Let's look at it this way. How many people do you know that are notaries? I mean, it's, it must be a lot because yeah. they hand them out like candy. Yeah. There's one right How? at my, my banker. My guy at my bank can do it. And by the way, if I was ever appointed to a position in the government yeah. by Donald yeah. J. Trump, I would proudly sign my oath of office and I would proudly display it on my office wall. As you just said, I would be proud of it because I would be proud to serve the people of the Republic of the United States of America. That's right. But these people are, I think, beholden to some corporation. There's a corporate entity in Washington, D.C. that may have usurped we the people in the Republic many, many decades ago. Uh, but I do agree with you that I think Donald J. Trump probably did sign an actual oath of office. We shall see. We shall see. And, and my, my point was really simply this. How hard was it to sign this thing and get some somebody to notarize it? No. I mean, come on, really? They didn't want they, to. They, they, that's exactly the point. I mean, you, you, like you said, your bankers are generally those. A lot of lawyers are those. Um, and you're in Washington, D.C., where you know, notarization of things is compulsory all the time. But, you know, in each one of these particular agencies, there must be dozens dozens of people that are notary publics come on and they just didn't do it really <laughs> so what they're talking about so is a hundred page report that todd calendar tom or yeah no it's todd yeah because there's tom renz and then todd calendar so there's a hundred page report and an investigation that's going on and they're looking into all the oaths of or all the people that are in dc uh, allegedly 
Okay, because remember, DC's empty, but they're looking at all the people that, you know, got elected and got appointed. And they're they're finding out through FOIAs and stuff like that, that nobody took they nobody swore an oath on paper with a notary stamp or seal on it. And not only that, but there's no date of appointment. Well, what does that mean, Jason? It means that there's no update on when that particular appointment or position started. Therefore, all these people are masquerading, masquerading fraudulently in D.C. Now, do you want to know why that is, ladies and gentlemen? I was texting Destry earlier, and I was telling him about that SGT report. And he basically was saying, he goes, let me find it real quick. He says, yep. He goes, because I, 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 I was telling him about it. And he says, yep, they cannot take an oath to the corporation or its constitution since the corporation contract has been voided by the people. Hello. What contract is that, Jason? Oh, I don't know. The, uh, the Act of 1871. You know, that contract. Remember that one? The Act of 1871. That one that got voided out because they broke Section 17 in the Act of 1871. Speaking of which, let me play this. So this was Newt Gingrich on, what show was this? Hannity? Yeah, Hannity. Listen to this real quick, 51 seconds. And then we're going to get into a little music, break it up for a second before we get into the actual topic of the show. Like I said, I told you, I had a lot to cover, ladies and gentlemen, because I was not on the air yesterday. Long story there, but, you know, had to tend to my wife, had to make sure she was having a good ending to her day because she had a very rough day. And, you know, my family comes before this podcast. So I made the choice to uh, take the night off and to, you know, watch a movie that my wife so very much loves, which was 007. I'm not a James Bond fan or, you know, a movie watcher, but I watched it with her. So there you go. Um, but listen to what Newt Gingrich was saying on Hannity back in 2018 regarding the assemblies, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, this goes to show you that the National Assembly, the Assembly of States, that we, the people, we are back in charge, baby. The Republic is getting restored. Yeah, it's not going to be an overnight thing, but it is getting restored. Give this a listen to. And this is on the forums, by the way, on national-assembly.net. Look, I, I believe this is the clearest example we've had of, <coughs> excuse me, the danger of a deep state. Ooh. Here you have bureaucrats out of control with the power of the government threatening, I think, uh, to undermine the entire process, including blocking, <coughs> excuse me, blocking Trump from being president and protecting Ooh. Hillary. And it's only an accident. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. A very small number of people in Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Whoa, 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 whoa. A small number of people from where? Let's not kid ourselves. A very small number of people in Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. A very small number of people from Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Third time, and then we'll complete the, the, the audio. Very small number of people in Wisconsin, mm -hmm. Michigan, mm -hmm. and Pennsylvania uh -huh. changed difference. history, or we would have learned nothing about this. Wow. Well it has changed history. The small group of people, the small group of people in Wisconsin, Michigan, 
and Pennsylvania has changed history. Otherwise, we would have never found out about any of this corruption and all this crap that's going on within the deep state. Hmm. And this kind of is going to go, you know, come full circle with the topic of the conversation with the 1870, you know, the 1861 Senate's final bidding their final adieu. Uh huh. I tell you what, people, if you think the National Assembly is a fake and fraudulent thing, you might want to do a little bit more research. Jason, you're starting to sound like a crazy man. Yeah, that's fine. I'm okay with that. Because I know what's right, guys. I know what's true. Which, by the way, congratulations to Illinois. They just settled their first county. Actually settled it. Awesome job to Illinois. That is awesome. There is more news coming out, but I can't say anything until the public notice went out. So... We're just going to leave the other piece of news quiet till sometime when I get authority or not authority, but permission to say it. Things are happening, folks. Things are happening. Oh, and my mom was saying Sarasota County settled in Florida. Well, that's very awesome. Congratulations, Sarasota County. That was a county that I used to live in when I lived down in Florida. I lived down there in Northport, which is on the southern part of Sarasota County just north of uh, Port Charlotte there, where it got hit hard by Hurricane Charlie. That was a bad one. But anyways, but yeah, a small group of people in Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania, very small group of people, changed history. It's a lawful process, as Destry says. It's a lawful, L-A-W-F-U-L-L, not one L, L-L, lawful progress. Things are happening, ladies and gentlemen. I know we have not had an assembly update in more segment. There is reason for that, of course, which I can't get into. All right. But rest assured, there's a lot of good men and women in the assembly of states, different states, nationwide, different counties. It is coming together. People are rising up. And they're doing this peacefully. They're doing it lawfully. There's no guns. There's no civil war. There's no bloody revolution. Like I said, do you want to know the most peaceful revolution that will bring the system to its knees? Stop buying their crap. Stop buying their crap and assemble your states. And when you get your assembly of states of your 30 plus people in your state, then start assembling and settling your counties for the petite trial juries that are going to be needed here in the near future for all of those unsealed indictments. And then we can not only get justice against all these people because, and I've decided after I get through Genesis, I'm going to go and we're going to read through the book of Deuteronomy because that is where a lot of our founding fathers derived their law from. Because remember the Bible is our first law book and it comes a lot. A lot of it comes from Deuteronomy. And I read a lot of good stuff out of Deuteronomy. And like Destry was saying, Newt Gingrich recognized the assemblies on Hannity's show. He may have not have said assemblies or Michigan Assembly or Wisconsin. He said a small group of people. Okay, and there's only one small group of people that can do that. And at that time in 2018... That would have been predominantly the majority. That would have been it. Michigan predominantly, and then Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, because Michigan was the first. 
and then followed by Alaska. Okay. Um, one last thing before we get into the music piece. Now, this is very interesting. I wish I would, I, I'm kind of going a little bit out of order, so forgive me. Back to the whole silver subject for a moment. All right, we're going to pivot from the assembly for a second. We're going to go rewalk it back to the beginning of the show before we do our next music piece, and then we'll get into the conversation here, as if we're not already in conversation, right? So back to the silver thing. So there was a hearing, apparently, and um, Gary Ginsler, who was, he worked for, you know, Hillary Clinton. He was the finance chair for Hillary Clinton, and he's also the Security Exchange Commission boss, and he's basically helping out XRP and XLM, you know, surveillance and tracking all their coins and all that other crap. But basically, he's part of the fraud. Gary Ginsler is. Listen to what he, this guy gets schooled. It's 28 seconds. Listen to this. This is amazing. Listen. Hey, real quick, last question. I think it might have came up. You were Hillary Clinton's uh, CFO in a campaign, right? It's part of my history. Were you? Yes or no? In 2016. Did you facilitate the payment for the Steele dossier since you were CFO of the Hillary Clinton campaign? S sir. Yes or no? Sir. Yes or no? That, that was... <laughs> That was not. You're under oath, Chairman Gensler. Yes, or I no? know. I was not something I was aware of. I yield back the rest of my time. Thank you, Chairman. Sir, sir, you're asking me questions that that that's making me squirm in my chair, sir, uh, sir. Gensler, you're going to Guantanamo Bay and you're going to be swinging from the gallows, my friend. Along with all the many other crimes that you've committed. I mean, this guy is ahead of the silver psyop by and large. Now, real quick, this is an F bomb drop, and then we're going to kind of give it a break for a second. We're going to get into a little music for a second, and then we're going to get into the, uh, the, the 1861 Senate's final due here. Um, but there is an F bomb drop. This is from uh, John Perez, you know, from the Money is Silver or the Silver is Money channel on Telegram. He talks about this video. Let's just listen to a little bit what he has to say on this. Maybe somebody just sent me this video. This is hilarious. I didn't. This a lot of people don't know about the silver psyop here, but this guy just absolutely destroys Gary Gensler in this video here. And Gary Gensler is a complete fucking vampire. This is the asshole. He's he is the original mastermind of the silver psyop, Gary Gensler. Everyone, most people are so brain dead. They don't know who this guy is. That's right. They just think he's the SEC chairman and he hates Ripple and XRP and this and that. Most people, are they're so brain dead. They don't know that he also is one of the masterminds of the silver psyop that got them hooked onto XRP. So the very people who are hooked onto to crypto, crypto don't realize that the person they hate is the one that got them on crypto in the first place. I am telling you people, the level of deception, the ease of being able to deceive massive quantities of people through um, through uh, leadership is, is, unf is unfathomable what they can get away with. That's right. It is unfathomable because these people are crooks, they're liars, and they're deceitful, just lizard heads. They just, they, all, they don't, again, they do not have our best interest at heart, folks. They are here to try to get us to own nothing, right? You will own nothing and you will be happy. That's what they're trying to do. That's exactly what these people are trying to do. All right. But again, the time is coming. 
where all this is going to come out and all the people that are asleep that did not want to listen to your local neighborhood conspiracy theorist. I mean, I saw, what was it? There was a meme on social media that says, yeah, when all this truth comes out, please go see your, 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 your closest conspiracy theorist or something like that. I thought that was great because when we are being looked at as the crazy nut jobs in our communities, you watch, we are going to be the first ones the community comes to when shit hits the fan. So what we're going to do here for a minute, let me, uh, I'm going to switch out. Well, actually, so this is what we're going to do. We're going to take a little break here. And when I say a break or a a break from all the different topics of conversation, and then we're going to get into a little music for a second. So lately I've been, you know, playing a little punk rock and stuff like that. And every once in a while I'll play a little red. So vine, which is some of my favorites where it talks about, you know, it's like good old country, you know, story time, you know, talk, talking about trucking stories and stuff like that. And I, I swear one of these days I'm going to play teddy bear. That's a good one. I tell you that you want a song that makes you cry. Oh, that makes you cry. But, uh, Let's see here. Rietta says, I hope it's disco. I don't know. I mean, what do you guys think? Do you think, do you think it might be disco folks? Let's go to the chat here. We got a lot of people in the chat today. Wow. Let me just do a quick shout out real quick while people put stuff in the chat. We got Liz in the house, Nancy S, Michelle, uh, forgive me if I mispronounce this, uh, Presner. We got Pam and Jean. We got Angie. We got Randy. We got Terry. Terry and company, Oscar, my boy, Oscar. And again, if you have, if you have a pod being given name with a bunch of random letters and numbers, I am not, I can't, I can't, I'm not going to, I'm not going to read that. I'm not going to say U H Y V X two B, you know, it's going to sound like a robot. Got Greg H in the house. We got Q pup coastal runner. That's my mom, Patriot Beagle, my beautiful wife, Rietta and Donnie, Leslie Liberty, and the one and only Destry Payne, the snowman from Alaska. So let's go to the chat. Let me see here. Rietta says, hope it's disco. She says, I am ready to dance. Drum roll, please. Let's see. What else here? What else? What else? What else? What else? Um, what, what? Hold on a second, guys. What is going on here? Wait a minute. Hold on. Having issues with something here heck is going on hmm something's fishy what in the world is going on anyway okay so let's see continuing on here i am ready to dance drum roll please and then Destry says when shit hits the fan seek out your local conspiracy theorists for direction (laughs) yeah there it is that was what i was looking for let's see here such suspense (laughs) i don't know what do you think it is guys you think it's disco do you think it's disco? I don't know. Let's see. Let's see.
got their dancing out of their way oh man i tell you i was like trying to find the perfect disco song I'm like what should i play i'm like what should i play and then i found that i'm like oh we're so doing that we're so doing that so i'm like looking at the i'm looking at the uh the comments here let's see here so people are saying let me see here so rietta says yes i want to dance i went to dance clubs and loved every minute of it yeah you i bet you guys were probably big party animals back in your day huh uh, Leslie Liberty says, my feet are paying the price for the shoes I wore when I was younger. <laughs> Rietta says, yeah, but it was fun. Les and then my mom, Coastal Runner, says, Leslie Liberty, they used to call me Princess Big Hair. That's a true story. Uh, her hair was like, I remember her always getting perms as a kid. Um, Leslie Liberty said, but yeah, wouldn't change it. Um, Rietta loves the name Princess Big Hair. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, it is true. She was called Princess Big Hair. Her best friend, uh, Marilyn, that she used to work with in Jersey, would call her Princess Big Hair all the time. Um, Rietta says, yeah, those hairstyles took a lot of time. Yeah, a lot of time, a lot of money. Uh, let's see here. Destry says, one actor I miss is George Burns. Oh, George Burns. You know, whenever I think of a perm, especially of that era, you know who I think of? Bob Ross, that guy that talks like this when he paints those pretty magical, majestic mountains. And he paints them with such perfection. And he talks like this, and he's just so very calm in his talking. And he's just almost kind of sounds so very calm, you know? Yeah, I, I, that's who I think of when I think of, uh, you know, the seventies, I think of Bob Ross. Yeah. Ha happy clouds. He painted happy clouds. <laughs> oh Lord, help us all. Lord, help us all. So in happy trees, that's right. Angie says happy trees. <laughs> anyway. All right. So the topic of the conversation though. So sent the, the Senate's the 1861 Senate's final ado. What happened then that led us to where we're at today? So you could find this in the, um, in the forums on national hyphen assembly.net and it's titled, you could search it in a bar. It's titled bidding a final ado in the Senate 1861. So I'm going to read something here and it's referenced by the way. So, you know, it's reference is from civil war months, Com. You could find this. Now, I'm going to read something to you guys. And it reads, <coughs> excuse me, Senator Jefferson Davis of Mississippi wrote to former U.S. President Franklin Pierce, a personal friend in whose cabinet Davis, who served as Secretary of War. Davis wrote that it was not a matter of choice, but of necessity to follow his home state, which has resolved to enter on the trial of succession out of the Union. Davis blamed the current administration for the sad shape of things, writing that if the duty to preserve the private property were rationally regarded, the tense standoff between the South Carolinians and the federal garrison in Charleston Harbor could have been prevented. Consequently, when Lincoln comes in, he will have but to continue in the path of his, of his predecessor to inaugurate a civil war and leave a soy distant Democratic administration responsible for the fact civil war, or excuse me, civil war has only horror for me. But whatever circumstances demand shall be met as a duty, and I trust be so discharged that you will not be ashamed of our former connection or cease to be my friend. January 21st was one of the most dramatic days in, in history of the U.S. Senate as Davis joined four other senators in following their states out of the Union. On that frigid morning, spectators jammed the Senate galleries to hear the planned exit speeches of those senators. The chaplain delivered his noon prayer, and then Vice President John C. Breckinridge recognized the senators from Florida, Stephen R. Mallory and David L. Uly. Mallory wept as he urged reason over passion, and Uly declared that he had to leave with his state. Breckenridge next recognized the senators from Alabama, Clement C., Clay, and Benjamin Fitzpatrick. Clay noted the years of mounting tension leading up to this separation, and Fitzpatrick said his first loyalty had to be with Alabama. Mrs. Clay, who witnessed this event, 
with other senators' wives in the gallery later recalled, and I quote, the galleries of the Senate, which held, it is estimated a thousand people. They were packed, principally with women who, trembling with excitement, awaited the announcement of this day, of the day. As each senator, speaking for his state, concluded his solemn renunciation of allegiance to the United States, women grew hysterical and waved their handkerchiefs, encouraging them with cries of sympathy and admiration. Men wept and embraced each other mournfully. Scarcely a member of that senatorial body, but was pale with the terrible significance of the hour. There was everywhere a feeling of suspense, as if visibly the pillars of the temple were being withdrawn and a great governmental structure was tottering. Nor was there a patriot on either side who did not deplore and whiten before the evil that brooded so low over the nation. Jefferson Davis spoke last. And as the unofficial Southern leader in Congress, the spectators were anxious to hear what Davis had to say. He had been suffering from excruciating migraines for a week, and his doctor had doubted that he could even get out of bed, but much less give an emotional speech. But Davis fought through it to be there, and his wife, Verena, noted from the gallery that he looked about the chamber. With the reluctant look, the dying cast on those upon whom they gaze for the last time. His stirring and passionate address began as follows, and I quote, I rise, Mr. President, for the purpose of announcing to the Senate that I have satisfactory evidence that the state of Mississippi has declared her separation from the United States. I have for many years advocated as an essential attribute of state sovereignty the right of a state to secede from the Union. If I had thought that Mississippi was acting without sufficient provocation, I should still, under my theory of the government, because of my allegiance to the state of which I am a citizen, have been bound by her action. I, however, may be permitted to say that I do think she has justifiable cause and I approve of her act." Davis spoke of the difference between the principles of secession and nullification, noting that John C. Calhoun, who now reposes with his fathers and who has often been arraigned for want of fealty to the Union, advocated the doctrine of nullification because it preserved the Union. Secession belongs to a different class of remedies. It is to be justified upon the basis that states are sovereign. There was a time when more denied it. And reminding the audience that when Massachusetts threatened to secede rather than be forced to adhere to the Fugitive Slave Act, Davis declared, I then said if Massachusetts chose to take the last step, which separates her from the Union, it is her right to go, and I will neither vote one dollar nor one man to coerce her back. But I will say in her, Godspeed, in memory of the kind associations which once existed between her and the United States. Noting the Republicans' refusal to allow Southerners to bring their slaves into the Western Territory, Davis said, and I quote, your votes refuse to recognize our domestic institutions, which pre-existed the formation of the Union. Our property, which was guarded by the Constitution, is there a senator on the other side who today will deny that we have equally paid in their purchases 
and equally bled in their acquisition in war, end quote. Davis addressed the theory that all men are created free and equal, and the Republicans claimed that the Declaration of Independence supported the position of the equality of the races by arguing that the Declaration had no reference to the slave. Else, how happened it that among the items of arraignment against George III was that he endeavored to do just what the North has been endeavoring of late to do, to stir up insurrection among our slaves? And how was this to be enumerated among the high crimes which caused the colonies to serve their connection with the mother country? When our Constitution was formed, we find provision made that very class of persons as property. They were not put upon the equality of footing with white men. Davis pointed out that the Southerners tread in the path of our fathers when we proclaim our independence and take the hazard. This is done not in hostility to others, not to injure any section of the country, not even for our own pecuniary benefit. but from the high and solemn motive of defending and protecting the rights we inherited and which it is our duty to transmit unshorn to our children. In closing, Davis announced, and I quote, I am sure I feel no hostility toward you, senators from the North. I am sure there is not one of you, whatever sharp discussion there may have been between us, to whom I cannot now say, in the presence of my God, I wish you well, I hope, for peaceable relations with you, though we must part. This may be mutually beneficial to us in the future, as they have been in the past, if you so will it. The reverse may bring disaster on every portion of the country, and if you will have it, thus we will invoke the God of our fathers who delivered them from the power of the lion to protect us from the ravages of the bear, and thus putting our trust in God and in our firm hearts and strong arms, we will vindicate the right as best we may, having made the announcement which the occasion seemed to me to require. It only remains to me to bid you a final adieu. End quote. Silence followed the six-minute address, address. And then came a sudden burst of loud applause. Vice President Breckinridge, members of the Senate, and the gallery spectators rose from their seats as the five Southerners walked out of the Senate chamber for the last time. And as it states, as, as some of us believe, and that's, that's the end of the reading, by the way. Again, you could find that at Civil War Months, like the, you know, month, CivilWarMonths.com. You could find it there. It has been said that the South will rise again. And this is kind of what occurred back then in 1861, guys. This is what occurred. When they left without adjourning proper. I 
I kind of want to go back and reread something that he said here in this last quote. He says, I hope for peaceable relations with you, though we must part. They may be mutually beneficial to us in the future. Think about that. Little did these people know that this future that he's talking about is in 2023. A long, long ways into the future. He's talking back in the 1800s. We're in the 2000s. They may be mutually beneficial to us in the future, as they have been in the past, if you so will it. And he continues to say that the reverse may bring disaster on every portion of the country. And if you will have it, thus we will invoke the God of our fathers who delivered them from the power of the lion. Very powerful. We will invoke the God of our fathers who delivered them from the power of the lion to protect us from the ravages of the bear and thus putting our trust in God in an our firm hearts and strong arms. We will vindicate the right as best we may, having made the announcement which the occasion seemed to be to me to require. It only remains for me to bid you a final adieu. Well, guess what, ladies and gentlemen? We adjourned, and when I say we, I was not a part of that, just so I'm clear. I don't want to make it sound like I was a part of something historic. Uh, all of us, for the, for the record, are part of something historic when you're in the assemblies, but I was not part of it then. But when I say we, the people here in Michigan and other <clears throat> people in other states, they, they adjourned that march. They, they brought it forward into 2010, and they adjourned that meeting correctly. They adjourned that session of March 14th, 1861. They adjourned it in 2010, and then they scheduled the next meeting. And we've been having the meetings proper ever since to keep it from going into sine die like it did back then. Now I'm reading a comment, part of a comment from uh, Destry, he was responding to somebody in this thread where I'm reading this from in the national-assembly.net website. He says, we are reassembling from that day in 1861. This is why Alaska became the 35th de jure state. 34 states was the number before the South walked out. Alaska was an original settlement and added to that record in 2020. That session, Destry was saying here in the chat, was... That, that that what happened back then in, in March 14th, 1861, that congressional session had been in session ever since, but it was vacant. It had been sitting, it, it, was, it was vacant since 1861. It's always been in session. It never closed out properly. Well... It is now. Many people back in 2010, some of the elders within the assembly, some of them, unfortunately, not with us anymore. Robert Gilman, Carl Miller, to name a couple. 
and I'm sure there are others that I don't know the names of, and forgive me. One day I hope somebody gives me those names and I will read them on the air because they are worth remembering. And when they adjourned it properly, Destry was saying here in the chat, they continue to schedule to reconvene at a specific date and time going forward. Again, to make sure it did not fall into signy die status, which would again put us in a crisis, a constitutional type of crisis. You heard the clip I played earlier with Newt Gingrich. A small group of men and women, a small group of people, I think is what he said. A small group of people in Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania changed history. Ladies and gentlemen, I've been reading these documents since February of 2022. And I'm going to continue to keep reading these documents. I've been getting away from it. I need to get back into the forms and start digging some more. I want to get into the Corpus Juris Secundum, read a little bit of that. I do plan on putting out a recording of the Bill of Rights. I do plan on doing that. And a reading of the second Declaration of Independence that was put forward officially by the Assembly of People. See, everything that I just played earlier today comes full circle to this. Back to that SGT report with Todd Callender and, and Sean talking about how all the people in D.C. that are in offices and that are in appointments, they've been appointed, none of them have their oaths of office signed or notarized. They don't even have a, a, they don't even have a date of when the appointment starts or when it started, meaning all these people are in there fraudulently, unlawfully. See, like Destry was saying, the reason that is, let me bring this back up because I want to make sure I don't get this wrong. The reason that is, is because again, they cannot take an oath to the corporation and its constitution since the corporate contract has been voided out by the people. Again, folks, the people are in charge. And at the time, Destry's saying right here in the chat, at that time, Wisconsin had an assembly. Pennsylvania was right there with Michigan in assembly. And Pennsylvania was dragging their feet on publishing notice. And so Michigan did it. Wisconsin... And Pennsylvania assemblies, Destry was saying right here in the chat, the Wisconsin and Pennsylvania assemblies fell apart and Michigan kept on going. Hence why Michigan is the one that people in other states look to because that is, you know, Michigan kept on with their research and looking at the archives, not just in this country, but around the world, digging, making sure they got it right, making sure they got it lawful, making sure everything is proper because we cannot move forward under the authority of God if things are not lawful and proper. We have to do things properly, folks. And the way the state nationals are doing it is not proper. That's why you keep seeing them get thrown in jail. Sure, they may be out in bond. Remember, they're out on bond. Doesn't mean they're not guilty. And Bonnie's still in jail. And so is the Colorado Nine, for that matter. 
And let's not forget that poor soul, that poor young man, that 25-year-old out in Utah who was rolling around with a fraudulent license plate. The, 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 the stuff that those people are, are touting is going to get you killed or in jail. Are you catching what I'm, you know, what I'm throwing at you? Like Destry was saying right here in the chat, the people in Michigan back then when they were doing their reading and research, and trust me, there's still more research and reading going on, but by and large, most of it, they got a good a handle on it. All right, but there, no stone can be left unturned. This is why it's important to assemble your state. This is why it's important to get your 30 to 35 people or more, preferably, in 38 minimum states. That's three quarters of the 50 states. Okay, but we will get all 50, make no mistake. This is why we need to get your counties assembled and settled with 12 plus one alternate in each county. Again, for trial juries, common law trial juries. Oscar was just saying right here, I agree with him. Study to show yourself worthy. Yes, this is part of self-governing. You have to study and you have to learn. You may not understand everything right away. You may not learn everything. In one time. Destry's been doing this over for about a decade or more, and he's still learning. And he makes a good point. The corporation may be invalid or illegitimate, but unfortunately, they are still in charge until we reassemble because, again, they are the de facto. It, the, that government may be dissolved, but there's still, whatever's left of them, are still in charge. But remember, the military, military is the provisional government. That's something that Trump put in place. Okay, again, depending the outcome of the war. Well, what war? Well, <laughs> The war that we're fighting within against these bar attorneys from trying to hinder our progress as we, the people, try to assemble our states. That war. See, people keep saying China's our enemy, Russia's our enemy, Taiwan, Korea, everybody outside of the borders of the U.S. is our enemy. No, the enemy is deeply embedded here, guys. The enemy is deeply embedded here. Do not listen to the Mockingbird media ran and operated by the CIA. Those assholes are lying to you. Yes, I said it. Sorry, but. To all the FBI and CIA bastards out there, you're a bunch of lying crooks, and you're going to have your time at the gallows in, in Guantanamo Bay. Watch out. The people are coming. Don't listen to the Mockingbird media. So anyway. I hope this show makes sense. I know I may have sounded like I kind of went all over the place, but I promise you I was coming to a point here. I was going to round, you know, round this circle out. And I hope this makes sense. Everything I was discussing, everything ties together. Silver, the collapse of the dollar, Newt Gingrich talking about the small group of people in Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, how they changed history. Change history for what? From what happened in 1861, the Senate's final, bidding their final adieu. And what the Michigan Assembly ended up having to do by, by closing out that session properly in 2010. Giving power back to the people. Watching this system systematically crumble because, again, we are underneath a fraudulent system. Getting money back in 
you know, backed by precious metals. Once again, silver, gold. Everything is going to come full circle. And there's more news to come on the assembly stuff here. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep talking to people. I don't care if you get turned down by 99 out of 100 people. Keep talking. Keep talking. Because we don't need the quantity. We need the quality of the Patriot. Oh, and so I don't forget, um, let me check my email in real time here. I have been communicating, speaking of Patriots, before I close out the show, I have been emailing back and forth with Mike Gill. Let me see if he's responded yet. Not yet. I imagine his inbox is pretty full. I'm going to try to reach out to him again. I sent him a follow-up email. Um, But anyways, uh, I'm going to try to get him on the show. Uh, I sent him a correspondence on on Telegram, or excuse me, uh, Twitter, on Twitter. And so um, I'm just waiting for him to email me back because I'm trying what we're trying what I'm trying to figure out is okay does he want to be you know does he want to be on the actual Podbean platform and be a guest if he does he has to have the app and have a free account situated and you know, does he want to call me physically on the phone and then I'll patch him through the you know the through the uh, soundboard or if he doesn't want me to have his number does he want to do it through Zoom and then I got to try to figure out how to you know do Zoom on my phone. And then have the audio play live on Podbean. So, like, that's what I'm trying to figure out right now. All right? So, I'm trying to get Mike Gill on the air here. So, he can tell the story about the Pandora Papers and what he's got going on. And how these, you know, just all the corruption and crazy crap that's been going on in New Hampshire. The liver free dice, you know, what is it? Yeah, New Hampshire is the liver free uh, live free or die state, if I if I if I remember correctly. But anyways, that would be really cool if I could get Mike Gill on. That would be like the first big guest I think I would have on here. Not that having big guests really matters much here, because ultimately what matters here is the word of God. God is ultimately the big news we want to put out there. God is ultimately the one that we want to have here. That's the only one that matters. But it would be pretty cool though. To have somebody who actually speaks truth and is speaking out against all this corruption and fraud and talk about the Pandora Papers and all the corruption and fraud that's going on in New Hampshire and stuff with Epstein and so on and so forth. I mean, they tried paying this guy off $50 million to shut his mouth and he turned him down. So no, sorry, guys. Go piss off, basically, is what he said. I'm not taking your money. I'm taking you down is what I'm doing, basically. So I'm hoping I can get Mike Gill in the air. I'm going to reach out again, follow up with him, see uh, when we can, you know, schedule like a Zoom call or how he wants to do this. And then um, and then we'll go from there. So and then Saturday will be a no podcast Saturday. Uh, that day I'm doing a father daughter dance, taking Haven to a father daughter dance. So that should be pretty fun at 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. So we're going to do that. Um, And so but anyway, but I think I've I've I've. Whew, I've babbled enough here. I've, I've, I've jabbed my jaw enough. You guys are probably enough, you know, had enough here. So we're going to close this out in prayer, but I hope, I hope a lot of this makes sense. All right. What's the takeaway from all of this? The takeaway from all of this is the people are back in charge, but we need more states in order to fully take control 100%.
because the military is subordinate to the civil power. Who's the civil power? We are. But the military cannot just be subordinate to a few people in a few states. That's not how that works. It has to be done lawfully, properly. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for another great show. Thank you for all this information, and we appreciate all that you do for us. I feel like you have led this conversation by and large here tonight, and I do want to say thank you. We glorify you because you are the one that is at the helm of this ship. You're the one steering it. We're your deckhands, and we are the ones that are here operating how you need us to. We are your little worker bees, and we are going to do whatever we can to be obedient to you and to do what we need to do, use the gifts and talents that you've instilled in us, and to use them properly for the good of your people and this nation. Father, we just ask that you continuously guide the, you know, shine the light on the path that you need us to go in. Don't ever let us steer off the path. And if we do, please, please hook us back in and back on the rightful path. Show us the right way. Show us where we need to go. And we'll follow. And we will put in the hard work. I pray for our assembly of states. I pray for the assembly of our counties. I pray that we get everything we need by this year. I think we can do it with you in charge, God. I believe that's the God I know. I believe that the God I know, we can get all of our states. I think it can happen. And I declare it to happen. We, the people, declare it to happen. And no evil, no demon, I don't care what they are and where they're released at, No demon's going to hinder our progress. We will be successful. We will be victorious. We will triumph. Why? Because we have you, God. We pray all of this in your Holy Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen, ladies and gentlemen. Like Oscar says right here, state by state, county by county, one man or woman at a time, a flood is coming. We are the storm. We are the plan. Nobody's coming to save us. We save ourselves. Remember. At his hard line, we are firm, we are steadfast, and we are uncompromising. The enemy will not win. Instead of my normal outro, we're going to close out with, you should be dancing. God bless, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be back here tomorrow. Have a good night or day, wherever you're at in the world. God bless.
This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Remember, all I'm offering is the truth, nothing more.